Welcome back to another episode of A Walk Back to Self-Love. Thanks for being here. On today's episode, I have a dear friend of mine joining me again. He's been on before, and we're going to do a reoccurring uh, soul session with him, and we're going to go deep in a man's headspace. So I hope you enjoy with King Zoe. Hello, hello. What's poppin'? How are you? Blessing, beautiful. How are you doing? <laughs> same, same. I just have to start off by saying that everybody needs a friend like King Zo because he held my ass accountable for this recording. <laughs> That's what I'm for. <laughs> I was like coming up with all excuses like, oh, it's late. I'm tired. Tomorrow's an early morning. And you're like, the podcast will give you energy. I'm like, yes. Right. So thank you for that. <laughs> so um, Zo, uh, King Zo is my fellow Taurus friend, and we're about to step, well, we are. We're officially into our season. How are you feeling? Man, I feel rejuvenated. I feel alive. I feel good. How about yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I'm all over the place, per usual. You know me. I'm, like, all over the place. You but I'm good. I know, right? No, I am I am full Taurus all the way. Um, but I, I am. I'm really excited. My birthday's in three days. Yours mm-hmm. is shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be turning 40, so I'm stepping into a new decade of life. And I'm just, I'm really excited. There's a lot of unknowns in my life, but I'm, I'm excited about it too. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool start to a new decade, you know, new energy. I like that. I'm all about that new energy. Yeah. So you and I always talk about life, relationships, and I recently um, had approached Zoe and was like, listen, I want us to team up and do more of our our talks and and just like share it with people because we just, we'll we'll come up with one topic and just go and spin off of it and have some really enlightening conversations. And I think that that's what we need more in the world is sharing those conversations that can help people. You know, because we are stuck on this planet, you know, like we're here, we ain't going nowhere. So we got to make it work. And you need your community, you need your friends, you need to feel heard and seen. And, and I feel that, you know, um, when Zoe and I connect. So um, how do you think your next year of life will feel for you? You know, now that we're getting ready to celebrate our birthdays and everything. Definitely going into my New Year's of the age of 39, um, I'm ready for it. You know, I'm actually ready for my 40s in a weird way. Um, I'm already in that place of releasing uh, so I can be able to receive, you know, from cutting out old friends, old energy, old habits, you know, old relationships so I can attract the new, whatever that looks like. And it's terrifying at the same time. Don't get me wrong. You know, at times I feel lost, but I know that's part of the process. You know, um, I feel like I am a caterpillar that has entered his cocoon to go through that metamorphosis to evolve into that butterfly. You know, so I just have to be patient and trust this process. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and we always hear that like, oh, you know, be a cocoon, you know, and and be that caterpillar. And then you're going to morph into this butterfly. But do we ever really know if we reach that butterfly place in our life? Like, do you know what your 
metamorphosis looks like? Or are you still trying to figure that out? Uh, no, like uh, I was just telling uh, one of my lady friends that uh, I feel like this is my fourth time uh, going through this process. Of I the- hear you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I can't do nothing but be wise from my past and realize the times where I, I was at uh, crossroads in a place of uncertainty and my life feel like it's in shambles, it's all over the place. But when I look at my track record of my past going into my 39th year, um, I can't do nothing but realize that, yo, I always evolve a, a phoenix out of this, as you would say, you know, just thinking about my past success, whatever that looks like. Um, but before that success, I went through an ugly process mm-hmm. to talk to that. You know what I mean? So for me, yes, I feel like uh, I don't know what it looks like, but do we ever know what it looks like? But I do know in the past, at least for me, it, it'd be some dope shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but not not all of it is, you know, like, and, and but those are also very shaping moments in our life, too. You know, like when you're going through the grid of it, you're going through the discomfort, the uncertainty, feeling judged by those around you, maybe like, oh, you don't know what you're doing or why are you choosing to do this? And then you get flustered. I get flustered and I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm not making the right choice. And then next thing you know, you're all in your head and you create that negative energy um, for your life and that uncertainty that maybe isn't uncertain, but you sure are adding on to it. No, for sure. Well, I'm going to challenge you with that because I, I truly feel it's all about perspective, you know, when we're going through these phases, because how they say age is nothing but a number. It's like some of us is get gets it faster than others in life, you know, because otherwise we're going to continue the same stuff and not realize uh, the process that we're going through. So I use this as example. Um, I go off my athletic life. That's just kind of 90 percent of my life being an athlete or not so at the beginning of working i used to hate it i used to hate the pain this that etc right but as i evolved as a young man and started growing in life and understanding the body more and understanding the process of why i'm sore this now what do i need to do when i'm sore to me this is the same type of growing pains and uh views of life and i'm using this as a um a demonstration to compare to these struggles of life that we look at and how I said earlier perspective. So I have a decision to look at that pain and be like, oh my God, it hurts so much. Oh my God, I don't want to have to go through that. Oh my God, if I start squatting, I'm going to be sore for like seven days, this and that, et cetera. But you already been through this. So you already know what to expect. And now you have the decision of having the mindset of like, yo, I'm about to embrace this pain because I know it's only going to last for a while, but I know what the end result is when I go through this process and I don't stop and I stay consistent. So now I look forward to these pains and these growing pains because I know that it's going to give me the muscles that I desire. So in life, when I go through certain situations, it's going to give me the insights whatever it is that I need to apply that to into my next chapter of my life. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do you, do you feel um, that after you, you were on the other side of maybe a really challenging chapter of your life, you almost feel that like that strength, that energy 
that you've powered up from because you know you just overcame this huge hurdle or this huge chapter that was really weighing on you like do you ever feel that way oh my god yes i feel like i always say i call it the champion mindset so for like example we always have a choice in life so like uh and we all have a story we all have a story and i don't want to go into my story too much but we have a choice to be a victim or we got a choice of being a champion so long story short in my last chapter of my life i had some very sabotaging betrayal type people in my life that really hurt me you know what i'm saying they didn't break me but they did hurt me so now after my healing phase because healing is ugly man i'm not even gonna lie to you man i had a lot of sleepless nights anxiety depression, all that good jazz, but that's part of the growing pain. So now I'm in a place mentally where I can look back, smile and thank them. I'm like, yo, thank you. You just added a notch to my belt that like, you, you'll never get to meet this person. Cause I was, mm-hmm. you thought I was dope back then, the pain that you just put me through and I just overcame that shit. Yo, I'm a champion right now. I'm even doper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I use that as fuel and not like, man, these people hurt me. They did me so wrong. I can't believe they, you know what I'm saying? Yes, what happened, happened. But can we be in a space of learning though? Because I feel like there's good in everything if you're willing to take that step back and analyze it without your emotions and detach yourself from the pain and to add that armor, armor to yourself of your into your next chapter. So maybe. If someone does do that to you again, it doesn't hurt the same. Or you learn certain lessons where now you can teach it or inspire somebody else. Now it became a blessing for you. you right. I would say that you are one of the most optimistic, um, oh, resilient humans that I know. Like I, and I think this is also a Taurus trait. So to all the Tauruses out there, happy birthday season. Yeah. But I believe that it is part of our our characteristic of being this zodiac sign <laughs> that we hide our struggles. So most people don't know what pressure we're really under, like how bad it is in our minds, um, in our bodies. And I think that I feel that way about you because you don't just go around and like complain about your problems and like make people, you know, feel bad or just complain. Yeah. Like you, you push through it or you find time to dive through it, but you, you hold that optimism where it inspires me. The times that I'm like, Oh, I just feel so weak. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. And because I'll have that overload, yeah, you've yeah. always been that friend. That's like, no, get out of your head. You're your own worst enemy. <laughs> you know, I hear that. I like that. I, I don't want to tap into the Zodiac and say it's because of Zodiac. You know, right, right. that's really like a personality thing that was developed. And I would say I've gained that mindset from being an athlete. Mm. To be that honest, makes sense. you know, and because um, I was blessed to have a rich uh, history of my athletics. So I got to win championships, you know, and be one of the best players in the state in the city, you know, on the team, this and that, et cetera, all these cool accolades, whatever. But the cool thing is until I became a professional athlete and was exposed to bad coaching and bad teammates, I didn't understand the difference between mindsets like that. Cause I expected, I just thought everybody had a champion winning mindset like that, but that's not true. Right. And I don't want to speak too much sporty stuff like that. Cause you know, I ain't even into sports like that, but it's great analogy. So I look at people as what is your level of mindset? 
like I say, that mindset of a champion. So there are seasons in every sport. So you can apply this to any sport. So, okay, cool. Are you on a team that kind of sucks where you guys had the mindset of like, you hope you just win a few games? Or are you on a team where, you know, you know that you at least can get in the semifinals or not, but you don't know if you're going to surpass that? Or are you someone like myself that I already know we're getting through those phases? The thing is, who we playing in the championship? <laughs> you know yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, that ain't no question. We, we already know we're going to the top. Like, right. I ain't even worried. I'm worried about the season as the season goes, but I'm not worried about the season as that's my, that's, that's the whole sum of my season for me. I already know that, like, we get through the season, who we going to play in the semifinals and this and that, playoffs or not, and then who we playing in the championship. You know, it's the same thing in life, you know. So what is your level of thinking of getting through adversity? What What's your level? You know what I'm saying? Are you the type of person that, like, if you start a business, the first customer that comes to you be like, I don't like your product. I don't like your service. What What are you going to do? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Are you mm-hmm. going to like that? You are going to slow down. This is like at the beginning of the season. I expect that I'm going to have upset customers or people not like my product or whatever. This is why... I say it's a mindset because you can take this mindset into anywhere of life, you know, and like how with our podcast situation at the beginning, that's part of that athletic thinking. Cause in my mind, it's like, yo, there's if this was a sport and I knew that we said that we were going to start working on or practicing harder. I'm sorry, that other team out there that we're going to be playing against, they're about to be practicing and doing it harder. So other people out there that said they're going to start these podcasts or they even think about like Angela Lee and some of these other cats that branched off and started doing their own podcast. Like, yo, like what would they do right now? If they wasn't feeling well, this and that, et cetera. And they had a following or just getting started. Yeah. They're going to do it. Right. I don't care how they feel. Cause they, they committed to themselves, you know? And I, and I feel like a lot of this stems down to mindset, you know? And uh, I think mindsets can be developed if you have the right coaching or the right environment around you, you know, and it's nobody's fault though, how our mindsets are shaped, especially in this fucked up world of America. Ugh, I know. I'm you know what I, mean? I, I was just really having that conversation today. I've become such a very sad individual and I'm okay with that because I've always kind of been that, um, that uh, in touch with my dark side, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a very deep, deep, intense woman. I have since I was a little girl. So when I get to my lows, it's low. I mean, it's low. But when I get to my highs, it's high. So it's like I'm on this wave where it's like highs, lows, highs, lows. And I've worked very, very hard to maintain a steady flow for the most part because there's been years of my life and friends that have been on the other end of those calls where it's like, holy shit, Amber. Like, because it's just out of control. Like, that's yeah. just where my mind's at. And I know that I'm not alone. Finally, it's taken years to figure that out. But our mindset is so difficult if you don't know how to exercise that muscle, like you were saying, for the strength. Because it's easy for people to want to give up. Look at the world we're living in. Yeah. How many suicides you hear about. Yeah. And people just, and so it's heavy. Like, we've been through a lot as a society in the last decade. But more specifically, the last like six years. So it's like people's <clears throat> mindsets need a boost. But where do you get that boost if it's not self-induced? 
Oh man, that's challenging, Amber. Um, I, w- I would say this, like for me, um, athletics served its purpose for me. Now, I don't need, I, I had to find something different, let's just say that. But what I mean by this is uh, when I was younger, I hated, I hated athletics, but I've learned to love it because it got me out the hood. It got me a free education, this, that, et cetera. But like uh, being molested as a child, uh, physically abused, mentally abused, all this stuff that I had to grow through at a, as a young adult, athletics helped me take that rage of that. I'm glad you said that you were embraced with your dark side because me too. I always tell mm-hmm. people, oh, don't let the smile fool you because mm-hmm. I got a devilish grin too. <laughs> right. With my dark side, I will right. You know right. what I'm saying? I will tap into that energy. But this is the thing though. I've learned to take that dark energy, like if I'm lifting weights or something, I've learned to take that dark energy and channel it into a positive thing. So if it's something challenging, I'm using weightlifting as an example, but I learned to use the same energy in other areas of my life, maybe business or anything, even like with this podcast, like F that, you know, I tap into that dark place and I push it through something positive. You know, so like, let's say if I'm squatting and it's so heavy, I'm about to get stuck, but I'll think about something dark, whatever, and I'll push that shit up, yes. you know, yes. like, like I'll take that energy and i use it positive, you know, like maybe somebody yeah. really wanted to hurt or, you know, cuss out or whatever it may be. I'll take that dark energy and I'll channel it in a positive way, but I have not figured out or you know maybe there's something you and I both could figure out together you know uh how to help people channel that energy because we all have a dark side but some of ours mm-hmm. is darker than others <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know I mean I've recognized that since I was a little girl I, funny story I um when I was little the joke in my family was that I was a little off because I created this persona of myself it was called the good girl so whenever I, quote, did bad things or I was yelled at for doing X, Y, Z, I was always sent to my room to, like, sit in shame. So I created the good girl and I would look her in the mirror and I'm sure psychologists everywhere would be like, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> something concerning. But I would, right, I would look her in the mirror and I would say, all right, we're going to get it together. We're not going to make anybody upset and we're going to be this good girl. And I created that persona of like, okay, when I get into trouble, you got to be the good girl. Like you got to work it out. So it's almost like I was working it out within myself, but I didn't actually know at the time what I was doing. You know um, what I mean? But I wanted to like be perfect i wanted to be good i didn't want that dark side because i i was always a rageful little girl like i was just like ah like always just you know not wanting anybody to tell me what to do kind of like how i am now you know like those things that you just build within yourself still carry with you throughout adulthood man girl you naturally i always tell people that sometimes we naturally do things without needing to go to a doctor or a therapist or we're not we naturally do it we just don't know what we're doing so what you did as a little girl is something good athletes and entertainers and other people do as well you do that you you um you do that image work you know you visualize a different version of yourself but when you're mindful and have different intentions you can do that especially as an adult in different areas of your life. You you, you get what I'm saying? How you have Emperor yeah. stuff. You yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so when you when you're feeling depressed, whatever it may be, like when we're doing this podcast, 
you need to be looking in that mirror and be like, yo, I'm tapping into Amber Stone right now. <laughs> yeah. no. no, no. I think, yeah. And, and I think that that's why I was so good at performing and being in radio because I was able to to tap into a persona, you know, like that name. And you're like, yes, I'm going to perform as this, you know, personality, which was also me. But, you know, it was like it kind of tapped into that little Amber that wanted to be, you know, the good girl. Right. And so, you know, it's just our minds is always a fuckery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, our minds are so yeah. complex. Oh, my God. And then you add in, yeah. then you add in human behavior and oh. something else we were talking about, relationships, <laughs> more specifically romantic. Mm-hmm. I was telling Zoe recently, I'm like, you know, I had this huge awakening around my romantic life, which I don't typically talk a lot about because I think that for me, you know, there's some things that are just sacred. You don't need to to tell your favorite position or whatever, but if you feel comfortable, do it. But for the longest time, because I didn't really know what that area of my life looked like, I'm like, well, I'm not going to broadcast that to everybody because it's still a shit show, (laughs) you know? But as I'm turning 40 this week, I'm like, I tell them, I'm like, wait a minute. I just had this huge awakening of like, who am I actually dating in my 40s? Because I'm not in my 20s anymore. I'm not in my 30s. Like, I'm not in the same mindset as I was in my 30s. Right. So who, like, what age group am I dating? You know? And then I think, how many other people out there are having those same questions with themselves? Like, what age group am I dating? Like, am I going to date a 50-year-old? I don't know. Like, what's the age cutoff? Because some people will let 25, 30 years go between them and somebody else, you know, if they're attracted to them. So I just, you know, where are you at with your romantic category box oh my god Amber, you said something so funny i i got i got I, forgive me if i don't quote it right but i saw something on uh tiktok earlier today actually um it kind of ties into what we're saying but you're you are a rare breed in society <laughs> you know you're 40 you're no kid have no kids you know, I know. you know what i'm saying you're, like you kind of like in a whole different box so but the dude was like, <laughs> <laughs> <it> was like <laughs> I was just saying, kind of me. I know, too. I know, I know. But dude, dude was like, yo, after 27, you typically got two options. <laughs> One option is you finding somebody baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> option number two, you finding an old hoe and trying to do your best <laughs> to beg her not to go back to her old ways. <laughs> It's so sad, all the videos out there, what it's like after 27. <laughs> no, when I was thinking about that, dog, I was just like, like I said, like, you're, you're, you're rare, though, because I was just like, yo, you know, because I'm pushing 40, I was like, yo, like, uh, you know, I ain't in the dating world like that right now. But I was like, yo, um, dude has a point. Just even going back through my 30s, man, 95% of the women had kids, you know what I'm saying? And then... Mm-hmm. You know, the other ones, I know, they have some promiscuous ass 20s. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, girl, what's like, like, oh, no, I feel like you, you one ding dog away from your, like, your old ways. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ain't about a wife. Is oh. that really how men think about women? No, 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 serious. Like, you know, I think the biggest issue is that men and I think men listen to women probably more than they think. But I don't think women really listen to what men really be wanting. Because such as the the long eyelashes that we see, the, I don't want to call them clown face because I ain't trying to be disrespectful because I know makeup can be an art. But like the fake booties, this and that, et cetera. 
And it's like, who are you trying to attract and impress? Are you trying to attract the other women? Or are you really trying to attract your king and the man that you want? Because now you are making yourself look like a sex object, but not somebody I want to wife up. You know You know, and I think that that goes again with it all. It all has a common denominator and that's your mindset. I really think it's, it's a mixture of your mindset and what your core values are for relationships. Like what's important to you, having a man with money, having a man that's vulnerable, having a man that, you know, wants to, to go it all the way with you, kids, marriage, all that. Or you just looking for like, you know, a hot night and that's it. You know, so I think it really depends on the goals of that woman. Yo, I agree 100%. You know, it's almost, I feel that it's almost double standards when it comes to women, though. And I hate saying that, but I just feel like that's just the way that it is. It is it is what it is when it comes to that. And I'm sure other people have their own personal opinions about the double standards. But I look at it as like Andrew Tate said, yo, I can't just go get on somebody's million dollar yacht just because of, of, well, I might could, but the average dude can't just get on somebody's million dollar yacht because they got a fat ass. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, but you can't. And then we go to the club, you and your girls getting free, but me and my boys got to pay and y'all going to want us to get the bottles, this and that, et cetera. None of this shit is fair. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's like, it's like, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real in society, women. And uh, it's like, when it comes to the dating, that woman, I feel personally, especially around our age, and I'd like to hear your outtake on this. I feel like after a woman's about 25, it takes men a little longer, but after a woman's 25, uh, the game and dating game needs to change for her. You know, um, and I know it kind of sucks now because homes and uh, we don't have really good mothers like that anymore that can even acquire those skills because a lot of moms are so fucking young themselves you know and uh there's no dad in the house to even teach them the male perspective of how males can be and i feel like uh, this goes on both sides amber because i'm going to say the same thing about males but just the difference between the two so like i i personally feel a female needs to learn to respect her body and look at it as a home, you know? And I heard a woman say this too, and this is what separates men and women because a man is like a guest and a woman is like a home. And the reason why she's a home is because she bears children. You get what I'm saying? And it's like, when you think about it, that woman, any man that she lays down with, if she gets impregnated by him, she should, that should be somebody that she felt comfortable being the father of her children. So that changes that promiscuous, outlook on life depending on what she's looking for though you know what i'm saying and i know that can be challenging in the 21st century and i feel like that woman needs to master her emotions and really work on herself if she hasn't found somebody by like 25 like she really needs to take some time to master her feelings and things of nature like that and then when it comes to a man needs to master lust you know yes uh, i agree with that you know what i'm saying so like you know and it's it's not the male fault either because there's no father in the house. They have no moral compass to a certain degree. And so it's like, they're just going off of testosterone and just being young and dumb and full of cum, you know? <laughs> and, and so like- Pulling an old saying. Hey, I know, right? <laughs> Shady back. So with, with these young men, 
you know, they, we have to come to realize, and it took me longer than what I thought. I'm finally learning this shit. You know, I'm learning my thirties, even later, you know, but I don't have anybody. I had to learn how to become a man myself and I'm still learning. But if I can go back in time, if I had young Kings or sons, whatever, I would advise them a lot of this information as they're growing into young men, because a woman can destroy a fucking man while he's on his journey of trying to build his kingdom. You know, it's like, right. we can, as a man. Vice versa, though, too. What's Vice up? versa. Men no. can do that, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. wanted to say that. <laughs> but remember earlier, hey, let's not, I already said, I'm, I'm going both sides. So what can be spoken on one side can be spoken on the other. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, a young man needs to learn that um, outside of the lust, who is that woman? Like, peel her ass back. Because you end up building your castle, you got this hot ass chick, and then later when things calm down, you kind of ready to set it down. You looking at her, she's dumb as a box of rocks. She don't have any goals. She's just really reaping off of your success. And now you're just like, man, I don't even like this chick. She's attractive. But I don't even like this chick. You know what I'm saying? And then this is the same thing with the woman. It's like if you chasing money, and we're not, you got to think about that outcome too of like. Do you do you understand the mindset of that man in that type of caliber of a man and what he actually wants? Because he might just want some arm candy and a good looking girl just to shut up and be pretty and, you know, have a, have some conversations here or there just to make you feel good. But that shit is going to get old after a while. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, after you go on all your trips, get all the clothes. And I met these women and before and after their divorces. So, you know, I'm kind of speaking you know, uh, just from uh, actual encounters with some of these women realizing like, dang, so now that you work for yourself and this and that, et cetera, and you were looking for stability, but when you realize you can be stable by yourself, you wouldn't even made that decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I think too, it has a lot to do with our evolution as a society, like what women used to want or how the layout of you know, men being the sole provider, that's changed. Women are starting businesses, are not having kids, are not getting married, are super focused on their career or super focused on their fitness or whatever it may be. But it all depends on like where relationships fall on your list of priorities for your life. Like a friend of mine, he and I were talking and we were talking about dating and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I do need to to put myself out there, out there. I don't fully put like both feet out there. Like, let's go. It's usually like <laughs> a toe, <laughs> a toe. And then I see how it is. And I'm like, eh, never mind. I'll just focus on work. But he was like, make a list and tell me where romantic relationships or a husband falls on that list. And I was like, oh, shit. That's that's like four (laughs) and he's like right and which is why and him and I just had this conversation too the other day I said this is why as a woman in society you will not hear me bash men that all men are assholes or all men are this I'm not out here complaining that there's no good men to date or why can't I find a husband that is never coming out of my mouth because I know me that's part of the self-awareness I know that romantic relationships are like number four on my list, which is why I've been single for so long or why some out there could say, hey, that looks really bad, Amber. You don't even have a divorce on your record. You're like, oh, because I chose to focus on my work. 
Okay. I know me though. I know me though. <laughs> no, that's a true story. That actually was, I was at dinner with two family members and they were like, you know, Amber, like you're really going to, after a while, start looking like something's wrong with you. And I'm like, the fuck? Right. I'm like, are you serious? And it, it was mostly coming from a man. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I mean, you don't even, you're not even divorced. Like you have, I'm like, so I need to have a divorce on my record to look like I could be a good wife or a good girlfriend. Like, what's this dude like, you know? Yeah. So I was so defensive and I was so mad because I'm like, that's just ignorant thinking. But in the world of dating, that could be a, a valid point. Man, oh my God, I'm not religious or not, but uh, I can't remember what religion that it was. But they they speak about how not all women are supposed to be married because uh, some women are meant to be prophets and like a gift to the world and a different, like that mother to uh, I don't mean to laugh, but I was like, yeah, that that's what I would say. I'm a gift to the world. <laughs> hey, understand, you understand? Yeah, you can have a call. Not meant to be bared down like that, you know? And, <laughs> But uh, who knows, though, you know, that's crazy for someone to say that to you in the 21st century. Anything- Listen, I've, I, I could tell you more. Like, I have really had people around me throughout the years that felt comfortable enough to disrespect me when it comes to the choice I continue to make in the dating box. You know, like, of course, I don't have children and I'm about to turn 40. That was by choice. That wasn't like, oh, God, nobody wants me. Oh, God, what am I doing? That was by choice to to be unmarried at 40, to be a spinster at 40 by choice, because I am obsessed with my purpose and my craft and my career and trying new things and picking up my life and moving. That does not look on paper (laughs) very safe for a man to be like, let's go all in. I know that. I've had a guy friend tell me that I'm a flight risk. Like I, you're a flight risk. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I again, it's that self-awareness. So like if I do put myself out there in the dating world, I'm gonna sit down across from this man and he's gonna get a lot of truth and a lot of, oh, I know why I'm single. <laughs> you know, like there's no blurred lines of why I'm single or why I've been single for so long. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we sit down with a potential partner and just lead in with truth and vulnerability, the healthier we will continue to be as relationships, more specifically romantic. Right. Because people are afraid to sit down and just talk to each other about the truth. Mm-hmm. You either want to hide shit right. or you want to be in a relationship and then be like, no, I'm single. And the next thing you know, you're date- they're like in a whole relationship living together. Right. And you're like, oh, I thought you were working on yourself. You know, like, that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't understand that, man. You know, that... that... A lot of people out there doing it. That's why that show Snapped was created. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's crazy. It's, yeah, like, you, you just think about the <laughs> the triggers that men and women have with each other when it comes to dating and relationships. Like, how someone can snap because of your emotions and, yeah. like cheating or lying or whatever the situation is people will snap i mean that's scary yo it is man man this has got my mind going everywhere (laughs) i don't even know where the good where to go with it like so many different (laughs) i know this is like regular life for me uh you know i just think about this all the time 
but I think you're doing the right thing though, you know, um, because like anybody can get in a relationship at any time. You, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, as, especially as I grow, I look at relationships a lot different now. You know, it's almost like two different businesses merging together. And you really have to make sure your business is tight if you really want a serious relationship with that other person. I feel like they shouldn't need each other. They should just want to be in each other's lives. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. and then they, if they did decide to dissolve it, it's like both are, both entities are already so independent and together that it's, it's a miss it's sorrow, but like, it's not going to destroy me because I didn't build my world from you. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Right. And, and I feel like a lot of people be trying to have their partner give them what they need. It's like, nah, homegirl, I need you to have already what you feel like you need because you've been independent and you learned how to give that to yourself. If I decide to give something to you, it's the cherry on, it's the cherry on top and vice versa. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need nothing from you. I just want you in my life. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I like you as a person. You know, you know what I mean? I don't need you in my life. I just want you in my life. And I think a lot of people, like you said, uh, they skip the healing process. So how you were just like, I thought you was working on yourself. So <laughs> it's, like, it's like they did three weeks and started feeling a little better. And then they jumped into another relationship with somebody. And it's like, yo, y'all are in the honeymoon phase. And this is why I'm be understanding. It depends on their age, though. Yeah. Through a few different relationships, you start understanding the <laughs> people and relationships. It's like you already know that honeymoon phase will exist. It's gonna feel good, this and that, etc. That does not mean shit. You know, what, what is it? What are those endorphins that that love uh chemicals that go on between uh pheromones? <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh with two individuals when they're kind of in that lustful love stage. Yeah, dopamine. Like, Dopamine, yes, thank you. It's like once that subside, yeah, it's a dopamine hit. Yeah, it's a dopamine hit. You know, y'all feel good, this and that, etc. So like, yeah, like maybe you getting over your ex. This person is filling the void that your your other person didn't give you. But guess what? This person, once the dopamine goes away, he gonna he and she gonna have something too. You know, you know what I'm saying? That you're not gonna like that shit. So it's just like when y'all gonna realize that relationships are work. You have to be patient and you need to be emotionally ready and stable if you're going to enter a new relationship in your life. I ever feel like friendships like that too. Don't yeah. call me broken or like halfway put together. If Yo, I need you to finish healing before you enter my life. That, that's my new thing right there. That's my new thing. Like I need you to, if you, whatever you've just been through in your life, I need you to finish healing. And I'm going to respect whoever enough as well to make sure I finish healing too so I don't put my damage onto you. you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think too, it's like the healing process is, it's like anything else. The only, the only finish line, true finish line in life is death. But <laughs> I think um, the healing process, once you are become to, to the point of being self-aware then at that point, it's your responsibility to recognize the triggers because we'll never completely be healed, I don't believe. I but that. I think you will meet people along the way or situations like 
waiting in line for too long. And then you like explode at someone and you're like, that was completely unnecessary. <laughs> you know, like you were waiting in this line and you just lost <laughs> your shit on someone. You need to figure out why you just felt comfortable exploding like that. You know? And so it's, that's what I'm talking about of like maintaining your, your triggers and stuff. But I think that, um, it's it's that false life that that illusion on on in our society of like what you should have by a certain age. Hold on, and what you go too deep because you just said some good. <laughs> I I'm always deep. Hey, you know this for real because I'm like yo, people need to add that to their dating uh, criteria when they're talking and uh, going through the interview stage of like, yo. Um, do you have any coping mechanisms for your traumas? You you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Find a different way of saying it, but it's just like almost like how you check out a car with car facts. Like, yo, I need to know your trauma facts. I need to yeah. know, you know, like how well, and you said this earlier, like being self-aware, you, you know what I'm saying? But I don't think a lot of people understand what that is. Because once they get into that trigger stage, they mm-hmm. you, you lose yourself. And I don't know if enough people or maybe need they need counseling therapy or someone else to help them realize when they're in that moment or in that stage to analyze them, themselves so then they can begin to find coping mechanisms because it's like you like you just said you can be with somebody for a while amber and then something happens uh x pop up or like your picture and now she gets triggered and now she's chasing you with a butcher knife <laughs> Yes. Or just it's it is it's that. And I think I don't we we don't have too, too much time left. I think we got about like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes left. Um, but talking about the different relationship styles of like where we're at in 2023 of what people are choosing that resonates with them when it comes to relationships, everything from monogamy, marriage, poly open relationships, all that kind of stuff. And it it made me think of that because when you're talking about someone getting jealous of an ex liking your photo or, you know, and then you get triggered, that's because there's like this ownership that we have as a society when it translates to relationships. It's like that you own that person or you control that person. And it's like, no, that that's not what a healthy relationship is, but that's a distorted relationship in society. Like, oh, you're mine, or I got to have the password to your phone, like for emergency purposes, in case I pass out, like, yeah, you should probably have it, but not so you can go through my phone or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. And oh, it's, yeah. it's just that distorted of what is a relationship. And I think that's why so many people have issues dating because they have these, these, uh, just irregular perspectives of what a relationship should be because of what they were told it should be what we've read about seen on tv growing up family traditions religion like all kinds of things the government like all kinds of things of like what a relationship should be so it's it's no wonder at 2023 um that dating is like i even saw recently in some articles and publications that dating's going through a recession (laughs) oh my gosh but i can understand it especially post-covid yo soon as ai come out with some robotic 
sex toy people. <laughs> Yo, man, you think you laughing? We serious? Like we think <laughs> it's going down now? It's like I can see dudes too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk to me uh, in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You like, wouldn't even, yeah, you wouldn't even need to have that human contact. Exactly, which is scary. How women are already saying, "I don't need a man now." Because you really don't hear men say that shit. Because we love women, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, it, but in the future, I'm like, fuck y'all bitches. I don't get a woman either. Come here, come yeah. here, my, my <laughs> Yeah. No, I, you, I, I think I have. No, I have said that before in the past. Like, I don't need a man. But I said it from the perspective of, I don't want you paying for my livelihood. Like, sure. so, like a lot of women out there, like I'm telling, I mean, you know, you've probably dated some along the way too, but it's a fact that there are women out there who are strategizing how to get a man with money. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's fine if that's what you want and you find a man that wants to do that for you. Hey, that's your path. But I never wanted to have a man take care of my livelihood. Like you could take me on a trip. You can buy me nice things. You know, you, like you said, the cherry on top, but don't, don't pay my bills. You know, like you're not my daddy. <laughs> like I will pay my own bills. You know what I'm saying? Cause dudes are wising up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they realizing that, uh, you know, these chicks are marrying them for like five, 10 years, get a few babies out of them and then taking the house and this and that, et cetera. It's like, dudes are like, fuck that shit. Like, I'm not about to build this life and then pay, give her this life like I'm a lottery ticket. Like, get the fuck out of here with that, you know? Mm -hmm. but, yeah. So I think it's really just finding your way of what makes you happy. But that also takes alone time and self-awareness and i'm still figuring it out at 40 i'm still figuring it out like no kids 40 and with no kids and never been married like hey. Hey. but i'm not hey. surprised like maybe those listening could be like whoa hey. people i've met whoa it's not a shock to me especially when i look back at my life and who i was as a little girl and a teenager i didn't want that picket fence like you know, a house with 2.5 kids and a dog and a cat. Like, I didn't want any of that. <laughs> you know, like, I did not want any of that. So I'm not surprised that I'm in this place in my life. Yo. It just happens to be extra quiet these days. <laughs> hey, yo, I definitely, when we have our next podcast, I definitely want to remember to bring this up, though, because I'd like to hear your perspective on it, too, because we both can speak on this perspective as we enter in our 40s of, people that actually work on themselves and don't have children because I'm sure you see this too. Cause there is a drastic difference between us and the ones that do have children. Cause they have a lot more distraction. How we just talk about that quiet time, this and that better. Cause a lot of times I'll tell people, especially people with kids or not, I'm like, you don't know yourself. Cause I know you don't get quiet time a long time. I'm like, oh, I, God. I know yeah. you don't. You don't get working yourself in your dark sides and all your other different versions of yourself like how we do i know you don't mm. don't so i would love to hear you know from a female's perspective too because from a male you know i'm glad you dropped this little um thought uh, at the end of this episode of this soul session because i dated somebody for a very long time like off and on we were in a situationship we never had the official title okay. but we were in a, a very tumultuous long i don't know 
karmic connection, I guess you could call it. But his, you know, I didn't find out so much later, but his reasoning for not wanting to go all in with me was because I didn't have kids. And it came out finally towards the end of our, our situation. And it didn't make any sense to me. He's like, oh, I've tried to make it work with women with no kids and it doesn't work. And But it didn't make sense to me because I'm thinking from a logical standpoint and other people who I would share this with, they're like, well, that's just stupid. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I would not they're, they're like you don't have any kids like you would have time you would have love to give the kids like what yeah. and so I think that it's not always about you know <clears throat> if you have kids or you don't have kids it's about who are you choosing to be with and then do they come with kids because like I would have a lot of space and a lot of love to to shower you know the children because I don't have my own to bring to the table so I think that if you don't have that understanding from the beginning of like, are you self-aware enough to know what makes you tick, what your traumas are? But no, this individual did not because they lied and all cheated and all these other things. So it's like, but you're right. Like when you don't have that alone time, you don't have time to work on yourself. You don't have time to, to think about, you know, your traumas or your triggers or why you do the things you do because you're running around crazy, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So I just think that you shouldn't, you shouldn't um, count somebody out because they have kids or they don't have kids. You got to look at, do we align? Do we have enough commonality? Because yeah, the sex could be out of this world, you know, you could have good conversations, but are you on the same page or a similar page in life? Right. Do you have the same core values? Where's your moral compass at? You right. know, like, do you yeah. know your childhood and yeah. like your teenage years and your, you know, your development years? So it's like, but most people aren't having those conversations on the first or second date, <laughs> no, not. you know, or like meeting at a club and like, thinking you know hey you're sexy you're sexy let's have sex tonight you know like you're not having those those you know inner wisdom conversations people ain't getting deep like that they surface level as hell right and then you complain about it later like you know you and another friend of mine introduced me to kevin samuels (laughs) i love you know yeah rest in power but i love his videos because it's just so raw and uncut. Yes. You know, like he and he's he doesn't care that women get mad. He didn't care that women hated him. Right. He was speaking his truth yeah. and the truth of men. Yep. And I think that, you know, there's just there's a lot that. Oh, this is what I want to say. So he talked a lot about the high value man and the high value woman. But again, even though I, I really liked his content and his videos, that still was surface layer shit. Because he never talked about like the peeling away the deep layers. It was about how you look on paper or how women look coming to the table with kids. But it was never about like, where's your emotional intelligence at? Yes. You know, and that's what was missing for me with that. It's because I'm not driven by how much money a man makes on paper. I mean, you better make like some money, you know, like have your shit together. But um, like be a leader in your life, be a provider for yourself. But like, that's not the utmost importance. Like, I got to know where you're at on your emotional maturity. Dang, that's crazy because we can talk about this in the next episode, too. Because mm-hmm. like as I start growing as a man, you know, this 
phrase, oh, she's a 10, she's a dime. You know what I mean? And uh, as I started growing, I realized like, oh, this scale is a lot higher than just her being a 10 with just looks. This scale goes to, how are you with your finances? Oh, that's a three. Uh, how are you with your spiritual? <laughs> that's a three. Sorry. That's a, that's a yeah, I'm just saying, I'm like, damn, she bad, but she dropping as we go down the list. You know, <laughs> what's her emotional IQ? Oh, that's a two. Damn. Like, I thought I got me one. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know. <laughs> you know what? I will say, and this is. Daddy. Oh my God. This is why I love having these conversations with you. But I will say, because I always try to take accountability for myself and there's been a lot of layers I've had to work through, but if it, depending on how money was introduced to you in your development years, that is a heavy block for a lot of people, men and women, and could take a whole lifetime to figure out if you're not. Mindset. Yeah, if you're not responsible, if it yeah. may take a few years, you gotta you um, gotta go through some ups and downs and some terrible mistakes. But if you keep working at it, yeah. you know, and, and you keep striving and setting goal, financial specific financial goals for you, right. it could happen. You can get yourself out of debt. You can change your money spending habits and pay attention. Like you know what I started to do as I was learning how to be better with my finances, I would print out my banking statements a month and I would start to add up all the food that I would spend eating out. And if I would go get drinks, then I would compare it to how much money I spent per month grocery shopping. And depending on like the last time I did it, going grocery shopping was actually more expensive than going out to eat. But it gave me an idea of how much money I'm spending on food. Gotcha. You know, so it's just like things like that. Like if you know there's an area of your life that you overspend, like it could be shopping, it could be going out to eat or it could be, you know, whatever. <clears throat> going to concerts. Like let's say you were going to a concert every month. Well, how much is that, you know, with all that that comes with that? So it's like there's a way to break down your finances to see like how much am I really spending? Because, you know, with the credit card, you're just swiping. Yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, you're like, where'd my money go? Yeah. DoorDash. Yeah. <laughs> Uber. Yes. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you with that food part, though. Because <laughs> I'll tell the person if I was your financial advisor, I was like, cool, we breaking all this down. But I'm like, what was your intentions when you went to the grocery store? You yeah. Know? Like, do you have your meals planned out in what you're eating? Or did you just go there aimlessly and just like, oh, this looks good. Oh, this, yeah, of course. It's yep. Good. That would be the but, latter. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Create a list. It should turn out to be cheaper to go grocery shopping than uh, out to eat. You know, yeah. but but yeah, yeah. But otherwise, it's a good process, though. That that is a good process. And I would tell a person too, though, Amber. We're in an information age now. You know, so we got to get on these books and these podcasts. You know, you got Susie Armand, Dave Ramsey, Grant Cardone. You got all these financial advisors out here that's giving out free wisdom and knowledge and books that. You know, you can follow these blueprints. You know, that's how I got myself out of debt and switched my probably mindset into more of a you know, abundance mindset of, you know, just educating myself, though. So I can't, right. you know, myself of <laughs> years of not understanding finances and other things about myself because I wasn't taught as a young man. Yeah. 
and and sometimes some people never figure it out you know but, <laughs> what i said that is their fault in the 21st century yeah of course i mean it takes willpower to want to yeah. do better with anything yes you know to change your habits that's hard i'm glad you said that it I'll, is i mean I'll, i i take that from my own life no for sure uh, I, I agree, but I always say this. It depends on you gotta you gotta really that word hard is <laughs> I know. You know what that's I'm vague. That's vague. Yeah, because it's like I guarantee you if your doctor told you you have if you continue to eat this way, you will be on insulin for the rest of your life. Or and some people still be like, F it, I'll just be taking those insulin shots. Or they told you, you know, uh you're prone to have a heart attack. In three years, if you don't change the way you're eating, depending on the person, I'm telling you, that person can switch like that if they value their life or whatever it may be. Now, if you don't value it, then you're right. Now it becomes hard. But if you do, mm-hmm. value, and maybe you have something to look forward to, like maybe your grandchildren or, you know, you got a following that, you know, you, you're influential to people in the world and you're like, no, I can't die on these people because they need me type stuff you're going to be more willing to make those shifts and it's not going to be hard for you because you have a bigger reason and a why. But if your why is not big enough, you're exactly right. It is hard because you can't, <laughs> you, can't yeah. you don't have that reason to like, you have a lot of reasons why it's challenging and why you don't want to do it or why you can't do it. But when you have that reason of why you should do it, girl, it's easy. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always knowing your why. Yes. And sometimes the why can feel farther away on days and sometimes it's real close. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all the, it's the ebb and flow of, of the human, human journey. But um, I don't want us to get cut off here. So we got to wrap it up. This has been a, a joy as always. Um, I like our meeting of the minds. So thanks for your perspective and your energy exchanging on this soul session. It's always appreciated. I'll see you next Friday. All right. right. Happy birthday season. Happy birthday. I want to thank my friend Zoe for joining me again on a walk back to self-love. I hope you grab some gems of knowledge and be on the lookout for our next episode. I already have it brewing in my mind of what I want to talk about. So if you would like to be a future guest, please feel free to reach out to me at a walk back to self-love at gmail.com. And I would love to chat with you and see if we can maybe come up with an episode together. So until then, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Peace and love. Thank you.